0: Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in the world, probably in Iceland, but uh, welcome back to another episode of The Best of Pod Ever. We uh, have a lot to cover. There's been some European games, there's been another round in the league, uh, there's been some some drama. Uh, it's going to be an interesting episode, right, Trigvi?
1: Plenty of drama, plenty of... Stuff on the pitch, off the pitch. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty to talk about.
0: All right, so let's go ahead and and dive in. All right, this was round 20 in the best del did. And yeah, things kicked off with uh, Vuff hosting Filchir. Both teams really, really needing points from this game, probably in some form or fashion, although for either of them, a win would be huge. Um, This is kind of where... The men are separated from the boys, so to speak. So, yeah. Uh, Filker runs out with a one nothing win away to Vuff. A tough place to go and get a result, and Filker did it. So, props to them. Only one goal in the game, uh, as we just mentioned. So, on the goal, uh, Ori Savine found... Yeah, he found just a little bit of space in the box on the, the ball into it, into the box. He, he wasn't really marked tight enough, in my opinion. Um, but the flip side of that is it was also a very well-placed ball, if not a little behind Ori and, uh, he, he found it with his head and he made it count and that's, that's how it would end. So yeah, care with a huge, huge three points. Uh, definitely, I guess what a lot of us would deem maybe a six pointer there and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, good result for them.
1: We talked about it last week that if Ibev lost this to Filkir, then some alarm bells should be ringing there in Västmanland. I think they should should be blaring now. It's uh, this is not good, and they have their last two games of the normal season is Haukau away and then Kauer at home. There is a pretty decent chance they don't win either of those games. There's a pretty decent chance they lose both those games, and then they've lost. What seven, eight games in a row? Like it's uh, it's it's really not good for them. It's obviously they're not super far behind. They're only three points behind Firkir in ninth place. They're only five points behind <laughs> behind Kawa, which is amazingly enough, given their European, <laughs> yeah. even though Kawa have a game in hand and all that. But still, it's a bit, it's a bit insane.
0: Yeah, I just remember what Ori said in in the episode when he joined us and. You know he was he was happy with how Buff had been playing at that point in time, but yeah, they've since then they've really kind of tanked. <laughs> to be honest, um, they, they haven't been able to put a lot of good results together. So yeah, it's not looking good. It's not looking good for them. I guess we should maybe mention that two of their their new players that they signed, um, which we mentioned in in the last couple episodes, did sub on. And got some minutes, so yeah, I think they'll be hoping that those players can integrate quickly, and maybe we'll see them get a start this week against Haukau.
1: Yeah, they need them to hit the ground running really fast. So, uh, and they're experienced players, like we spoke about last last week. So, maybe they can give them the edge yeah. that they need.
0: Yeah, I mean, o- outside of you know the goal that we just mentioned, it doesn't really seem like. There was a lot to this game, so we're probably not going to spend a ton of time on it. It seems to have been a pretty dull game, um, but I guess in the end, at the end of the day, Filker with that little extra bit of of quality, if you want to say that, uh, to be able to grab those those three points, and after coming off such a big loss to Stjarnan, it's probably probably a big relief for for Filker to be able to. To come away with this win,
1: for sure, they they really needed this. You could see how upset everyone was—the manager and the players—after the the loss against the They were they thought they could compete a bit closer with them, and it, they just couldn't. So uh, they really needed needed. The, I think a big loss here against EBF could have been a real blow to them. And mentally, I think going into a into the relegation half of the of the season would would be much more difficult if they lost this game. Yeah.
0: Good. Well, we'll leave that one there, and we'll move on uh, to the next game in the week. Uh, From hosted Kawa, and From again, a team that we've now talked about in the last couple weeks who have been struggling for results and really needed to find something, and they really have been missing some of their best players, even though those players have been playing for them. They've been, they've been absent, especially in terms of goals. But not this week. Fred turned up with a goal. Good for him. Aaron Johansson also. Not that one. Not the American one, but the other one. <laughs> uh, Johansson's goal came very, very late. A real dagger to, to Kawa, I think. Yeah, it, it was a uh, huge three points for, for From. Really good to see them put together a performance and, and, and get a win like that. You could tell it meant a lot for, for, for the players and also for the staff. And also for the fans, you know, it's really good, really good performance. I will say this was the third match for uh, for Ian Pereo, who we mentioned was a new transfer into into from. Unfortunately, wasn't a great game for him. He was the one who gave up the penalty to to Kawa. That was where their goal came from. But when I rewatched this, I watched it a couple times. In my opinion, that's a very loose call <laughs> for that penalty. <laughs> like. Um, like the the Cala player is like basically already on his way down and it's not because like he got tripped up like he must have just like he just lost his balance or something so anyways I I think is I think it was a silly call nonetheless but but regardless, good good result for from.
1: Uh, for me, what caught my attention with that, I think he was stretching tre- stretching for the ball a little bit because it was just I think it was really bad defending. Like that, there was so much time that was you know they had so much time to clear it and they just didn't. And then it was just a bad touch, and then he kind of lost control. And even yeah, even if he didn't touch him, I think he gave him the opportunity to go down with that leg stretched stretched out like that. So it's uh, it's not the best. But I think up front from looked really good. Those two goals. Fred's goal was, you know, individual magic. And then the second goal was, I think, was just a really g- good move. So that was, a, that was from a front perspective, a huge improvement over the uh, the game against Coward, for example, where they just looked a bit listless. And it was all dependent on Thiago and Fred. So it would be nice for the fans to see a move like that come together. And, yeah, that's a huge result for Fram.
0: yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before, but Fred continues to show off his impressive left foot. Or no, sorry, he did that one with the right foot, didn't he? Yeah, he cut inside because uh, he was coming down the left mm-hmm. side. He cut in, and then uh, he did a reverse Arian Robin and smashed it <laughs> <laughs> to, the far, to the far side with his right foot. So, yeah, it was, it was a nice individual effort. You could see he was trying to figure out what to do. You could see him. He was stomping a couple times to try to faint uh, the defender, the Kawa defender, and... And I guess it worked. He got the separation that he needed, and then he just like lightning, just shot it, and he kind of looped looped out and around, and the goalkeeper couldn't really do anything.
1: I think that's what he does really well. He like he he takes shots, which I think not all players and teams have done that much this season and the last few seasons. I think it's he he tries these sort of shots that maybe. Other players wouldn't wouldn't go for so and it doesn't always work. We've seen in the last few weeks it hasn't quite come up for him, but he he's going for these shots. So this is not a one off. Like he just tried this. We've seen him do this a few, like basically every game now. Yeah. For the past few weeks, and it finally came off.
0: So an interesting fact, both Kawa and From actually have the highest proportion of their goals coming from penalties this season. So I don't I don't know what that says. Per se, <laughs> but that is kind of a an interesting statistic, nonetheless.
1: It was just one of those things I wanted to look into because when they when I saw that they scored from a penalty again, I just my brain just went again. <laughs> like it just feels like oh, I laugh. every time Kawa scores. It's it's a penalty, and obviously that's not true. I think it's we've we've calculated it's like sixteen percent of their goals, but that's three four times as many as as we can get. Like you know the top teams, twice as many as. F.O. and Coward, for example. So there's only three teams in double digits. Uh, Kawa, Fram, and Ibibaf, And Fram and Kawar are the leaders in this little statistic. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Because, I mean, they haven't scored that many goals either. So it's 25 goals and four of them from penalties. It shows really shows really how much they've been struggling this season. Yeah,
0: they really seem to be having a tough time putting putting some sort of run together in, in the league this season. You know, Daniel Hofstens, was was sent off in this match, for arguing with the ref, they got knocked out of Europe, pretty, pretty soundly. If we're being honest, um, it wasn't even close. I don't know. Do you think there was maybe some frustrations on his end after being knocked out or something? Mm.
1: There was some talk uh, around the halfway point of the season that he was looking at other options around around the league and maybe abroad. He's you know he's quite a talented player. He's been one of Kawa's better players the last few years. So and but he signed a new deal. He said he's happy. That was at a time when they were doing pretty well in Europe and t- in the top half of the league and now they're they look like they're going to miss out on the top half and they're out of Europe. I mean, Club Bruges was always going to win that game to yeah. be very honest. Yeah. So it was it was it was good work that they, they got that far. They still have the cup final against Vikingur. So the fans will forgive the players if they have that sort of European campaign and then win the cup. So that game will have a huge influence on how how the season is seen. Uh, but yeah, if they lose the cup and then end in eighth, ninth place, that's not a good season. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, not really. This question just pops into my head: Is if they win the cup, is that a European spot?
1: Yeah, they have to win the cup though. So this, the runners-up don't don't get the. Don't get even if even if he can go to wins and they already have a European spot, uh, it won't go to Kawa. But yeah, if Kawa wins, they'll they'll get the European spot.
0: All right, well, we'll we'll have to see. When is the cup final?
1: It's September 16th, so pretty soon.
0: Good, all right, well, uh, yeah, good result for from we'll uh, we'll see if they can continue to build on that. They've got um. They've got a little bit of a tough run in. They play Keflavik, which is a big game, next uh, at Keflavik. And then, yeah, their last game of the season, they are home to Vikinger. So probably unlikely to get points from that. So the next next round, they'll be looking to get three points, and then um, that's probably probably what they're going to end on. I mean, you never know. But, yeah, I think it's fair to say that they're probably not favored in the Vikinger game at all. <laughs> so...
1: <laughs> no anything they get from that is a bonus i think
0: yeah agreed all right following those two games braidablick hosted Kefovic. this was an interesting game there's been a lot of drama which we're going to talk about i think in in, in the next section with one of these two teams but yeah bra ended up rotating their squad for this game ahead of their uh european match against struga uh, which took place earlier today uh, we'll talk about that here in a second but even with a rotated squad yeah they were just still too good for for Catholic.
1: just being able to say like okay we're resting our first team players let's play August Linsson. <laughs> and then off the bench we can bring off you know these some of the best players in in the league if we need if we need a bit of extra boost it hasn't always worked we saw it seen a few times this season where it hasn't they haven't quite managed to get the win they wanted but uh, yeah we did predict a draw in this game, yeah. I think we sort of we were hoping for Kaplavik's sake that they could follow up their draw at Valor uh, with a draw here again, but yeah, are just they're too good for Kaplavik. they're tired, yeah. but they're still too good for this team.
0: yep August had a really really good game as as we just as you just mentioned, scoring both goals for for braidablick um he definitely is is in the running for. Um, one of our stars of the round. So, yeah, good performance from him. And uh, for Keflavik, they will lose Idan Osmani for this upcoming huge, huge game against Fram. He he took out Christopher Inge in the dying seconds of the game, got sent off, and will not be uh, will not be playing.
1: Yeah, there, I saw some commentators saying that he should have just let him go, you know, 2-1, 3-1 one, one, on the 90-something minutes. Yeah. Uh... Doesn't matter. It's better to <laughs> better to have be on the pitch against Flam. You know, you can see that argument, but it's it's hard to go through that whole thinking when you're chasing down a striker in the ninetieth minute. That's a. I think that was a bit harsh, but yeah, it's it's a big loss for them. He's been he's been solid, and yeah, it's going to be a huge, very tough game against Flam, who seem to be finding their feet under a new manager. And yeah, yeah, Kepa looked okay against Fowler, So you never know. Could they could give them a. Run for their money.
0: Yeah, that's going to be definitely on my one to watch list for this upcoming round, mm. uh, which is actually this this week. It's not all on Sunday, which is nice. It's Split across, uh, so that's that's a positive thing. Just on Keflavik before we kind of wrap them up. So as we mentioned, From next, but then they have Stjarnan away in their final game. Yeah, it's tough, especially given the given the form that Stjarnan are in right now. We'll talk about them in a in a second, but. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough run in. So, we'll we'll have to see what they can do after the split, I guess. But I think, yeah, it's it's just not looking great. Um, Breadyblick, let's let's talk about them a little a little bit more. So, yeah, they had their conference league game today against Struga from North Macedonia. They were um, away for the first leg. They managed to somehow uh, squeak out a one nothing win. I caught this game. It was an ugly game. It was not pretty. Um, I. It was a good result in the end for Bradablik. I think they'll be really pleased with that, considering the fact that Struga had multiple chances to score throughout the entire game. I, I don't know if it was uh game plan going into this match to sit back like they did and to play kind of rough and tumble like they did, or... Like if that's just how it shook out, I, I truly, I don't know. And I haven't looked at the stats from this game yet either, but from, you know, from watching it, it was, it was a hard watch. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Just, and, and again, I think they're really lucky to come away with, with a win in that game, which is again, a very valuable, very valuable win. Uh, 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 he hoagie, he got the, he got the goal, really nice goal. Um, you've seen it as well, so you can chime in on this, but yeah, he, he beats his man. Uh, he, he beats his defender and that allows him to get past and he's kind of in the, he's kind of towards the top of the box on the right side and there's nobody in front of him. The other two defenders are, are, that are anywhere near him are, are guarding against other big players. And so, yeah, he just, he has a go, takes the shot and it, yeah, it just to the far, far corner. And uh, that's that's kind of how it would end.
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic goal, and especially considering there's a lot of talk before the game that this pitch was an absolute disaster. Uh, I didn't manage to catch this game; it wasn't on any channel that I could I could get legally. So uh, I, yeah, but the, and I can from the pictures, it doesn't look like the greatest of pitch. But so be able to be able to do that, albeit maybe not under the most amount of pressure. But there was still like you had, still had to round that last man to to get into that position and so to get to have that control on this pitch in this sort of game after this long of a season it's a it's a great goal and this is exactly what Bayou can do to be honest it's from what you describe it it's maybe it's very impressive that they were able to keep a clean sheet because it's not something they've been able to do too much this season (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) so to have a to go into the return leg with a with a one nil lead is fantastic and Hopefully they can hold out.
0: Yeah, agreed. Struga, you know they're a plucky little side, and, and I think, I think they feel maybe a little hard done by. They did actually have a goal that was, uh, or the ball was put in the back of the net, I guess we should say, but it was it was ruled out by um, by handball, which is a, which is the right call uh, on upon replay, um, definitely the right call. But yeah, just uh, they're a plucky little side, and and I think the return leg. Um, well, I'm hoping it will be different, anyways. You know, with them being home and feeling maybe more comfortable. It was, I did notice it was pretty windy as well. Um, so I'm wondering if, if that had something to do with it. You know, um, that, that could have been, been playing with things as well. So, anyways, good, good result. And they're, they've got one foot in on making some history for Iceland, for Icelandic teams in European competitions. So that's very exciting. Would love to see them. Uh, make the the group stage of conference league and you know they have the potential to get matched up with some some other really exciting opponents yeah so anyways it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun to see how that ends up
1: yeah, I think for your first group stage, you want to come up against some big, big names. Obviously, you want to go as far as you can in the competition, and you know you don't want to you don't want to go home right away. But I think there's also some charm in okay, let's get some big names. Let's and uh, if, we, if we have to go out, let's go out in a, in a blaze of glory. And I think that's exactly how Belobog would want to do it. <laughs> yeah, score plenty of goals and uh, cause cause some havoc against some of the big names. So that's uh, that should be exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my mind, if they make the group stage, like the pressures off, like I would have zero expectation of them getting out of it. Hmm. And so I think it, to me that that should allow them to play more freely, at least in my mind, you would think, um, and have some fun with it. And yeah, I mean, you never know who you're going to get. I mean, you could get, you know, you could get, I don't know, Varos or something. <laughs> uh, you know, if Klaxvik <laughs> can do it, so can we. So <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be really fun to see see how that ends up. But yeah, the next next leg is in a week. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting to see see what happens. Definitely be tuning into that. All right, let's move on. Let's go to uh, there are two games that kicked off at the same time on Sunday. The final two games on Sunday, Haukau uh, hosted Fau, and uh, Valor hosted Vikinger. So we'll we'll dive into Haukau Fau, and then we'll talk about. The big game after so this one this one ended two two a little bit of a crazy game I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant again about FL here but <laughs> I'll just I'll just lean back yeah just just lean back turn off your mic go get a coffee or something uh, so FL first half was was excellent um, sensational goal from from David Snare for FL to put them up one nothing like we. Completely dominated. Haukau didn't really have a response. Like it was all guns blazing. Like I was feeling good. And, <laughs> and then again, you know, we come out out of halftime, and, and I, I don't know, I don't know what happens. Like I, I, we just start doing stupid stuff again. Yeah, uh, we, we had some big attacking dominance um, in the first half, especially. And then they came out. Haukau came out. I think they adjusted their game plan a little bit. Um, got off the back foot, started getting on the front foot just a little. The first Haukau was was good. It was bad. I mean, decent decent finish. The second one was was just ridiculous. Like <laughs> the on the on the second goal, like we we, we clashed players. Like our keeper, he he, and our keeper and our defender, just totally just clobbered right into each other like and in the ball the keeper couldn't get his hands on the ball and so yeah just it just kind of trickled out and then and then Anton Soiberg just was right there to clean it up and he ended up scoring both goals which um, was the good that I was talking about earlier because he's proving to be a real asset to how I think um, he is definitely up for one of our players of the round he had a really good really good match and yeah, just, pfft, just, just silly stuff like players not communicating. Like, like, what are we doing? So, so Sindri, yeah, he didn't communicate, or if he did, um, I'm not, I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was uh, Olafur or Finnerori. but anyways, one of the two, like, either didn't hear what he said or was already committed, and yeah, they just like they just like clashed and then yeah Anton was was there to clean it up so FL kind of turned it around a little bit after that and that was late I thought that was going to be the winner for how like I was I was sitting there like oh frick you gotta be kidding me like uh I, funny enough I had the game on while I was out grilling dinner for my family <laughs> and so I'm like sitting in the hot sun and I'm watching this game and I'm like dancing around my dancing around my grill because I'm like getting pissed off that <laughs> that we're losing again. <laughs> and yeah, it was like in the 90, uh, 93rd minute, Geerther Hraffen scores his fourth goal this season, which is actually pretty amazing because he's really only had limited minutes. He'd only just come on like five minutes prior to that. So with the limited minutes that he's had to get four goals, I think is impressive. But yeah, he <laughs> it was like, the reverse of the second Cow goal just a bit. Like the Cow defense got mixed up, players clashed. <laughs> um, and yeah, he was, he just like was in the right place at the right time and, and put it away. Um, so it ends 2-2. I'm frustrated again, would like to see, see us win, but a point is a point. I'll take a point at this point in time because it, that helps us get a little closer to staying in the top six. And yeah, that's my rant. I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah, the defending on both these goals is atrocious. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what. I think the whole thing, like, it's a long the the second Hauko goal. Hau, yeah, it's a long ball from the goalkeeper. It gets punted on, and then he just has the Hauko attacker just has so much time to like, you know, he lifts it over the defender, which should have been the end of the goal. Like you said, the goalkeeper sent it. it just just catch it like it doesn't there's no i I don't think there's any doubts or a discussion on whose ball that is that's his ball you know he just comes out and catches it and then he was he was complaining about that the there should have been a foul or something but like he didn't have the ball at any point or if he did he had it was for a split second before anyone hit hit him it was just a really yeah not not great and he's, he's not had the best season i remember he he was you know one of the one of the most sought after players on the transfer market after having a Pretty good time at Keplavik. Uh Coward actually, there was a there was a story that Coward rejected him, that he was very close to signing for Coward, and then Runa, the manager, said, "Nope, not this guy." <laughs> and then he joined F. O. and it's he's had some good moments, but there's it's not been the greatest time for him so far. And then yeah, the the, the equalizer I think is just because you I, you could see that when the cross comes in and on the right, just you know crosses it in or shoots, it's like okay, that's the goal. And then you know the cross comes in and everyone misses it and you're like what okay what i thought there was supposed to be a goal and then it goes all the way across the yeah the penalty area and then back and then it's it's a nice finish but like it's there's th- two defenders and the goalkeeper is right there and like he somehow pokes it past both of them it's just awful yeah yeah uh, the defending on these two goals is pretty terrible
0: <laughs> yeah 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 and despite all of our domination we had 22 shots in the game but only seven of them were on target which uh, probably says that we need to be, you know, we need to put ourselves in, in better positions and and maybe pick our shots a little bit better. I mean, you can shoot all you want, and yeah, there's something to, you know, stats, more shots, the more likely, but like you, likely you are to score. But still, it's like, I don't know. So that's that's a bit frustrating. Um, but looks like you were able to compile some stats for FL's attacking season.
1: Yeah, because, again, you just have this sort of hunch a little bit. Like, okay, they seem to be getting into positions. They seem to be getting... You know, have a decent attack. Captain Henry's had a pretty okay season... They have these, you know, young attackers like Kertan Kauri and, you know, Ulver was there, he's not there anymore. But, like, all these players, you don't feel like they've been terrible. They feel like they've always, every time you watch FL, they're always in and around the penalty area. So, like, what's happening? And then when you look at their attacking stats, it's 1.9 goals per match, which is the fifth best in the league. So, that's around about par where they are. 5.6 shots on target per match. So, fourth. So, you know... A little bit better so i one of the more shootinger teams <laughs> that's not a word but that's <laughs> um then for in terms of big chances created they're third in the league they have 38 big chances created according to fatma by the way so the, i mean they're third in the league in terms of big chances created the fourth in the league in terms of shots on target so i mean this speaks of a team that and i mean if you look at the teams above them it's you know like, like these Crazy teams that we've talked about, the, the Untouchables basically, and they're in and around those teams, and it's just it's nowhere near the output. And it also shows that they've missed 29 big chances, so that's fifth in the league as well. So they're they're missing them as well. And then we have a that's a, quite an interesting stat that was pulled pulled together by uh, Elva Piasek on Twitter. So that's at at Elva Biesig who comes up with some really cool cool statistics on the on Pesta and also on the LinkedIn, this the first division. Um, so if you start with the players, the actual expected top goal scorer in the best Delton is Kjartan Henry. <laughs> so the expected goals per 90, he's at 0.84. And then there's actually some interesting names not related to F. L. who come next. It's Anter Runar, Helgi Gudjonsson, Emil Ahtlason, Isak Andri and Ranna Björn. So, like Isak Andre and uh, Emil Atlason have had a pretty good season, but Andre Runa, Piatnazon, and Valur and Herki Gudanson have not quite hit the heights that I think people expected expected them. And I think that's an interesting stat for Kaftan that he's, he's supposed to be the highest goal scorer. The final one, i have thrown a lot of numbers at you. So, the expected points. For for each each, each team, is still first, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was any surprise there. and from are 11th and 12th. Coward is supposed to be ninth. F.O. is supposed to be fourth, and uh, Stjärtnan is supposed to be third. So like it's you know Stjärtnan is now catching up to their expected points tally, but F.O. just don't really seem to be able to live up to what they're showing up on the on the pitch. While a team like quite maybe the most interesting thing there is. The the two two teams below FO, which is Valer, is expected to be sixth. And Ibivaf is supposed to be fifth. So it's <laughs> so they're two teams that are wildly <laughs> over and underperforming according to the statistics. That's quite interesting. But yeah, in terms of FO it just it seems like they're creating a lot of chances, creating a lot of shots. But yeah. despite having someone like Cathan Hennedy and Ulver before that, they don't seem to be able to be able to put them away.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Captain Henry has eight goals on the season, which is four off of who is now the the top leader, top goal scorer in the league, which is Emil Atlason at Stjarnan. And
1: yeah, no, he's he's not had a he's not at a bad season. I mean, we we both said that he has he's been suspended as well and yeah. everything, so he's not had a bad season by any stretch. But he, the fact that he's supposed to be in terms of you know he's supposed to have almost a goal a game, according to this. Which is much more than any of the. Like, Emil Atla is supposed to be a decimal point, more than a decimal point behind him. So it's a. I think it just really shows the form difference between those two.
0: Yeah. No, I agreed. Yeah. Did did you want to mention anything else about Anton Soyberg? No, I mean,
1: like you said, he's really good. This is home debut so he's he started before but this is his first time starting at at home in coding like you said i think he'll be a huge asset to this team it's they they've had some good attacking players we mentioned them a thousand times this season but having a real poacher there who can just like both those goals were he didn't go around he didn't do a with you know he didn't uh, go around three players and whack yeah. it in the top corner he just was right right person right place yeah, and just bundle into the back of the net, and that, that's exactly sometimes what you need, especially when you're in and around the middle of the league. And if they do end up being in the bottom half come the cutoff, then uh, I think having someone like that will be huge for them. And he could get if he continues like this, he could get a, a number of goals in the in the last few games of the season. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, he's. Uh, I think he's been he's a good signing, and I think he'll continue to be that for for Hmm. Yeah, so, and just briefly going back to FAO, I guess the thing that's in my head is, like, based on kind of these stats in our conversations, like, yeah, like, we've, we've looked good going forward. Like, we look very offensive. It, we, it's just defensively, we, we have some serious issues, I think, that need to be addressed, especially during the off offseason if we're going to really challenge for any sort of title. Like, we, we've got to sort out, like, our, our defensive issues. And whether that's whether that's Sindri or, or the goalkeeper altogether or – you know the back four um or maybe who's even sitting in front of the in front of the back four like it's it, something's got to i think something's got to change there because it it really reminds me of like molda uh from norway like lots of attacking prowess but like defensively speaking like there's some like there's some gaps there and you kind of saw that in their game the other night against galatasaray where they like got bit in the back by just some kind of sloppy defending, and that's what FL's had to deal with the whole freaking season. It's like we we can score goals; that's not too much of an issue, but conceding is definitely an issue. So something needs to be addressed there. You know, if as we kind of move not into next season, but in the off season, I would like to see that addressed. So, anyways, all right. The other game that was going on, and this was this was the big one, uh, probably the biggest game of of the week for many. Uh, Valor hosting. Uh, Vikinger, And yeah, it was, it did not end well for Valor. Uh, poor, poor Valor. <laughs> they got smashed for nothing by Vikinger. And yeah, that's the title race done and dusted pretty much. Um, <laughs> also with this game, Vikinger ended up breaking the points record in the league. Um, so they're now sitting on 53 points. I'm actually not sure what the points record was before that, but it's clearly between 50 and 53, <laughs> whatever that was. Um, <laughs> so, I think it was 52, but I'm
1: not I'm not 100% sure.
0: Okay, well, there you go. So congrats to them. You know, they've looked the strongest team for, for most, if not all, of the season. Again, I think it's a real shame that they got knocked out of Europe so early, but it, it's also played into their hands, I think, um, with really just, being able to put all their eggs into the league basket. Mm. This was uh, this was Logi Thomason's last game. He's now officially signed for Strom, Strom Godset in um, in Norway, uh, which I think is a good step for him. I think there were a lot of different teams in in the discussion for him. I know Aik Stockholm was one of them, but uh, yeah, he ended up going with uh, with Strom Godset and. I think he's a player that could come in and make an impact in that side right away. So I think it's a good move for him. Um, but yeah, he got a goal in this game, in his last game, uh, for Vikinger. Um, it's a little bit of a shame that it wasn't in front of the the home crowd, per se, or in, in the home stadium, but still a good effort from him, a nice goal. And yeah, I mean, you you wrote it in the notes. Like, this is a pretty good way to say goodbye.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get much better than this. But yeah, it's... Uh... Like you said, people were really looking forward to this game. This was supposed to be the last big hurdle for for being good, and it just it just wasn't. <laughs> it's I mean if they have pale like, still, right? Uh, but it's a little bit too late now. I think I think they re- like, we keep saying they have to really collapse, but in, at this point they have to basically stop playing. Be- and I'm not even sure even if they stop playing, I'm not sure the other teams would catch them. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly
1: yeah it's just too much and maybe this speaks a little bit to what we were talking about before about valor overperforming because they they look they just go from this wild peaks of beating teams four or five nil six one all this sort of stuff and to then drawing teams and losing and there's no real consistency in that team they they do the valor move of going you know fast up the wings cutting it back to aronio or someone like that or or or, and or they have to take it up Doing the Robin or Reverse Robin, those are the two Valor goals that they scored this season, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: But then, then, <laughs> then another week they just they rest, try to rest some players, and they can't get past Keplavik. And then they come up up against the Valor, the team. Sorry, and they they're just second best. They can't compete against this team. Uh, that there was some questions that around Frederick scram the goalkeeper the questions I mean there were some <laughs> people were talking in the studio as some analyst that he looked like he was always switching to his left foot when he was kicking and the the second goal I think he didn't look super great it was sort of on his near post to his right so there's some speculation that maybe he was a bit injured on his right hand side that he he wasn't quite ready for this game because he's he's had a of all the goalkeepers in the in the league you think he's probably had the best one of the best seasons sure uh, yep. they just didn't look super good in this in this game and maybe that's because of an injury so yeah uh, there's not much to say about this game maybe good, just rolled on just rolled past through a team that they needed to beat they've they've barely stumbled there's been a f- one or two stumbles but not more than not more than that and barring a miracle they're the champions
0: yeah yeah i mean you just mentioned it like Valor are almost like cookie cutter type when they attack, right? Like it's kinda gotten to the point now where people know what they're gonna do and they can kind of adjust to it and prepare for it. And I think that's doing them a disservice now. Like they need to they need to figure out another some other ways to score some goals. Like I'm not actually sure that I've seen Valor score a goal off a set piece all season long. That's probably not true, but in my mind like I'm trying to think back through some of the goals that I've seen them score and yeah like none of them are quickly coming to mind like in terms of a goal off of a set piece Um, you know and yeah earlier in the season yeah I'd say the first half like prior to July like they were just like this really free score free flowing like goal scoring machine you know racking up five six nothing wins and it's just like disappeared and I don't know if they're gassed I don't know if People are, are are reading them now. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they know how to play against them. Maybe it's the fact that in this game in particular, they were playing against probably the best team in the league. And so that made made things difficult. But yeah, they just kind of like laid down and rolled over and went belly up and just were kind of like this tame little kitten who just wants to play with you and didn't really <laughs> didn't really do a whole lot. Um, which is which is disappointing. And if I'm being honest, personally this is bad to me i shouldn't say this <laughs> but i'm hoping they do the same thing this next week because guess who they have <laughs> guess who they're playing this next round that would be <laughs> F.O. Uh, so uh, it's probably going to be reverse of what i'm saying they're probably going to come out and win for nothing against us given our defensive issues but anyways yeah it's uh it seems to have disappeared a little bit for for valor maybe maybe after the split they'll be able to find some of that that back again i don't know But, anyhow.
1: It's just, I I think this is inexcusable for a team of Adler's stature. They have, if not the most expensive team in the league, it's very, very close to it. Uh, They brought in a manager from Kawa who had done really good things. I think I get this one who's, you know, built a really solid team who never conceded a goal ever and then gave him all the firepower in that Iceland the Icelandic league had to offer basically I'm not sure you could fit another attacking player mm-hmm. in there yeah and yeah they've scored they've scored goals but and yeah they're they're against good, you know the best team and you know you can know you can make this argument in other leagues you know if, if you're playing against uh, Man City or, or Bayern Munich or something you can't you can't always compete and that's fine but they're also eleven points behind. Viking. good, like it's, it's it's another thing. If they were you know six points behind and they just won every single game, but they lost twice against Beating good, then that's a different discussion. But they've lost four games this season. Two of them against Hauka, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it's yeah. just it, wild. There, there's going to be huge expectations next season for Valor. It's they can't or they shouldn't be able to afford another season like this. But they'll be back in Europe most likely unless it all goes belly up. So um that'll be interesting to see as well how this team fares there.
0: Yeah, agreed. Because you would think too, given given the fact of our coefficient numbers and whatnot, there's a chance I think that we might draw some tougher opponents too. So I don't know how well that bows for valor, but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be able to step up in, in Europe too and, and fight on multiple fronts. But yeah, I agree. I think I think the pressure is mounting for them for the next season.
1: Yeah, because I mean, they should. That's that's what they should. That's the level they should be aiming for, right? They're bringing home players from like the goalkeeper, Fredrik Skram, Okay, he came from Denmark, but you know he wasn't. He, he was. It was an intern full international for Iceland. They have a full international from the states. They have you know ex internationals from Iceland. They have. They're bringing home young players from Scandinavia. It's. Uh, this is the level they should be aiming for, and they, if, they, if they crash and burn out of Europe uh, and don't do a beating good in the league, I think that's uh, some questions need to be asked next season.
0: No, I agree. Uh, well, talking back to uh, what you just mentioned about some German German football, there, let's talk about the Icelandic Jurgen Klopp's team. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on Monday was the last game of the round, and uh, it was Stjarnan hosting Kaur. So Stjarnan ended up rolling out three-one winners in this game. This was actually a very entertaining game. Um, I enjoyed watching this game. I'm, I'm not sure I can say the same about you, since it was your team that kind of took took the loss a little bit. But uh, it was a hat trick for Emil Atlason. His second goal was was sensational. Definitely go on YouTube and search Besta Dildin and watch that. The Stjarnan Coward highlights, uh, that's a fantastic goal. Um, So yeah, after he must have had a chip on his shoulder because after not getting an official quote-unquote hat trick last week when he basically created all three of those goals, he officially gets one this week.
1: I feel like I say this every time we talk about a Coward game. It was a game of two halves. It was weird. We're just not really able to fully play a game for 90 minutes where we control and, and dispatch teams enough. I think we were the better side in the first half. They didn't make correct me if, if the stats prove me wrong, but I, I don't think they had that many shots on goal. They had maybe two or three shots on goal in the first half and they scored from both of them. The second goal was super nice from a coward perspective. I, I would hope the goalkeeper could have done a bit better there i don't know if his position the the camera angles are always a bit weird on that so i can't quite see if his positioning is off or or what but it's like he's i feel like he's far too far on the right on the end of this of this i don't know know, maybe i'm just being too critical but yeah and then and then they win it with a penalty which was yeah like runar christensen uh, the manager was furious after the game for because we gave him that penalty he was we weren't in the second half we weren't quite as dominating I think I, f- I feel as in the first uh, we hit the bar banoni hit the bar with a pretty nice header he just couldn't quite get it low enough but um then we Kenny dropart fouled uh, in the I think it was a pretty bad foul to be honest not not like not like as in rough just like a poor <laughs> t- <laughs> poor attempt at a at a tackle. And yeah it, it, yeah, it was just, it was one of those games that we should have been able to score more than, more than one goal and we just couldn't. And that's very much the story of this season. Uh, Benoni was was bright, I think. I feel like he was running around and creating hassle and he scored the goal, hit a uh, very nice finish. Uh, but yeah, and then, but it's just the difference between these two teams. Emil one scores with every single touch and we, <laughs> we just can't get yeah, either get in those positions or score when we get get in those positions. So um yeah, Stuttgart seem to be untouchable. They're basically confirmed for the top. I think the only way is if Kawa make a huge resurgence and make make it into the top half. I think they can technically steal. if FKO and Kawa all just have a, a complete <laughs> reversal of their uh <laughs> of their recent form, then they can theoretically throw Stjärnan out of the top six, but it's not going to happen. Um, so it's it's a really great performance by Jokut and the team at Stjärnan to take this young team that have lost two really good players, potentially losing more. And uh, But you still feel like even if Akjart or others left, yeah, they would suffer, but they wouldn't drop off a cliff.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of what's going on at Stjärnan. Um, we we've talked. I don't want to hash it over again because we've talked about it a lot. And they've really turned their season around, and it's it's absolutely incredible. It's, it's I think it's one of the stories of the season, you know, to this point. And yeah, I mean, part of me actually just would would kind of like to see them maybe snag that that fourth spot for for Europe. I mean, it's tricky because you know they they've they've performed so well, and and you just wonder if they've they've like figured out a way to, to overperform, and if they can carry this form into the next season. I mean, there's so many unknowns at this point in time. Like, what's going to happen during the offseason, right? Like, Igor Aaron looks like he's about to leave. We have we heard this week that that uh, Lingbu and Haugesund are two clubs who are in the mix for his signature, which looks like that's probably going to happen here in the next week or so. So that's another big one gone. I think it's looking more and more likely that it's maybe going to be Haugesund. Uh I think I saw something from Ori about that earlier today. I guess my my, my point is, I like what they're doing. This was a, another really solid performance. I, I think they have one of the best strikers in the league uh, in, in Emil Atlasun. You know, we 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 know though from some of the European results that playing in the besta is not. It's 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 vastly different from playing in Europe, right? And so. Um, there's a lot of unknowns, I think if they were to qualify for Europe, how they would actually do um, because they're not a club who tends to go out and get a lot of like big signings, right? Like they do tend to rely a lot on their young players, which is good and positive and Europe would be a huge window for them to showcase exactly what they can do. but you also don't want to see them like crash out necessarily, right? like it's always good to be able to get points and keep building up that coefficient. so, yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag, but yeah, that's kind of my thoughts, I guess. I don't, I don't have too many thoughts on Cowar. I am interested to see, you know, how their next two games, you know, end up going. I, I think I'm not too concerned about them. I, I think they'll be able to, to stay in the top six, um, and I think that's, again, a huge accomplishment for them considering how the start to their season went. But you mentioned it back when we were talking about it, and you didn't really panic, so credit to you you know, that, you know, you, you kind of had faith and trust that they'd be able to find a way to, 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 to see it through. And they have, and yeah, Benoni is a great, he's really emerging as a really great player. And, and yeah, I'll be interested to see if, if can hold on to him. So
1: (laughs) no, it was, it's been a good turnaround and and yeah, it's, it's a young team. Like they're the under nineteen international squad. It was just announced, and there's four coward players, regular starters, and also Lucas Markney, who's been playing playing a little bit as well. So like that's that's quite impressive to have two and a half of your players, first team players, being called up for the under nineteen national team. Stepan obviously that's something Seattle can do, but not not a lot of the other top Icelandic teams. So that's uh, that's yeah. that's good, and so moving in the right direction. But yeah, still work to be done, and. The last two games before the split is Fikid and Eev. so yeah if, if they screw up both of those games, I think then maybe they deserve to be in the bottom six. but yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. good. all right, well that was uh, that was round 20 in the league so we will we will leave it there when we come back. We're going to talk about a few other notes from around the league, including some drama with the defending champions. so stay tuned. All right, welcome back. We're going to discuss a few different things that have happened in the league. Um, Just kind of some extraneous notes. We're going to go ahead and start off with uh, with From. As you know, I'm not sure. I think we mentioned it briefly in the first section, but Ragnar Sigurdsson is officially the new manager of From for the rest of the season. Uh, Igor Bjarni Kostic will be his assistant. I think. I think you mentioned to me that Kostic is, like, that's a pretty good grab for them. He has made quite a name for himself. He's pretty good. That's a pretty good grab, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, he's worked in, Nor- I think he even worked in the Norwegian FA at some point. But no, it's it's a really nice name. And, you know, Ragnar is obviously really experienced as a footballer. He's played in, you know, Champions League and Denmark, Russia. So he knows, he knows football, but this is his first stint as a manager there was some talk when he took over that people were surprised because when he was a player there was always this he was very openly not interested in football there was i think there was a he was playing for fc co FC Copenhagen at some point and they asked him about a i don't remember the name of the player but it was a it was a pretty big you know world world class footballer and he just said yeah i, I don't care i have no idea <laughs> Uh, if the, the staff will tell me what to do and so i, I think some people are a bit wow. interested to see the fact that he's he's a manager and they asked him about it and he said you know like yeah it just sort of it just sort of fell into it and it it seems nice and he's he's happy that he can focus on training now and doesn't have to worry about who if he's going to be the manager or not so he's been doing some interesting things they like like we said they played pretty well against kawa they're they're trying to engage the fans a bit. He's talked about how he he did like an open training before the Kawa game to to get a bit more connected to the fans. Mm-hmm. He there was a you know f- free entrance for for everyone dressed in blue, and then I think in his first game as temporary manager. um So you know they're trying to connect back to the fans, and he, he understands that as an ex footballer as well how important that is. So yeah, we'll see how he does for the rest of the season if he can activate them and. Keep them out of the relegation zone.
0: Yeah. Let's let's so let's talk about some drama that's been happening in the in the league, <laughs> specifically at one club. And <laughs> so Braided Blick, despite everything that they've had going for them in their European campaign and whatnot. Yeah, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you tell about this one because yeah, this is crazy.
1: Yeah, we talked about it a bit last week that there was some potentially something going on in the background. People weren't satisfied with them, the transfers and there was a, this reported clash between Oskar the manager and Oliver Christianson who was the sort of the director of football and after they get kicked out of the Europa League it was announced that Oliver Christianson's contract would be terminated or however they worded it so he would not he would he's going to finish the season for the last three months but then he's off um, that's it's quite big because he was quite a coup for them, you know, he's, he's an ex-manager he, w- he was obviously the manager of Preblek went abroad, which not a lot of Icelandic managers do, and he comes back and he's you know, not assisting, but he's you know, in the, sort of in the backroom staff uh, Preblek with a very with Oscar, who's who's uh, very outspoken and you know, he has his own ways of doing things, I think we can say that, so it was a, you know having those two behind this club, you know, it was seen as quite a, quite a coup but it doesn't seem that it's worked out so far, so it'll be interesting to see what the aftermath is, and if someone speaks about this and says, you know, tells us the real story.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that that is not all that has happened.
1: No, <laughs> no, no, of course not. Uh, so, like we spoke about, they played Keplok, and then they played Astruga uh, now, and now tonight in Europe, and before the return like at home in Kopařov, they're playing Ke- they're playing Vigingur this weekend. And Breidablik say that they requested that the Vikingur game should be postponed so they could rest for the for the return leg so they could you know be the first Icelandic team to qualify for Europe and European groups stages and there was some drama about that you know some controversy like why aren't Vikingur stepping aside why are they not uh, helping Icelandic football as some people said it but then Vikingur came out and said you know we never received any sort of requests from Veb, like They there was some unofficial talk about, you know, maybe pushing it. But, you know, Vinko said that they don't really, they're not super interested in that. They have, you know, there's international coming up, you know, youth and full internationals. And they have players going into that and they don't want to, they don't want to push their this game into some, into the international break where they're going to be missing some players and they hit back, you know, why didn't you postpone the Kevlevic game instead? You know, Kevlevic don't have that many internationals. That would have been maybe the game to postpone. I don't know if this is this is you know a lot of people have been saying that this is a, a follow up from the first game of the season which blew up quite <laughs> spectacularly so I, I don't know if this is some sort of bad blood or if it's just some supposed to stoke up more bad blood for this this weekend but it's definitely not calm things down
0: <laughs> yeah definitely not I mean I don't even, I don't even want to weigh in I don't even know I mean it's like <laughs> I don't know. You guys got a plan. You guys got a plan further ahead, I think. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but
1: Yeah, and there's, this, there's been talk that the FH, this is something that the league in, in general should do moving forward. Because, you know, some clubs, I think in the Fair Islands, week have gotten some breaks around their European campaign. So they haven't played quite as many games, league games, as Préble have. So maybe it's something the league needs to look into if you if you want to try to push more teams into the group stages so, we, so Breda so isn't if they make it this year, if isn't a one off. So yeah, I agree it's it's something maybe that's should be sorted, not a week before the game. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So so that happened, but then we move into the next there's a bunch surrounding Vikinger here, so so there's more drama. So so
1: <laughs> yeah Viking Good Viking good don't want to be left behind right the, if if Predator like caused drama then Viking good is right
0: there behind them yeah seriously <laughs> it's like just just put those two in a boxing ring and just let them go at it i guess i don't know i don't know <laughs> just, because after after the game against Valor i guess Valor is now considering they came out and said that they were considering filing a complaint against Vikinger because because uh, Arnar, who's the Vikinger coach or manager, served his, his touchline ban by being in constant phone conversations with his assistants in the stands. And like there's pictures of that. but that's not the first time he's done it. Like he's like I shared a video of him doing that <laughs> to, our, to our Instagram feed and maybe I shouldn't have done that, but that was a couple weeks ago. And I mean so like like everybody knows he's doing it and he he admitted to it in an interview, um, which I think you, you read or, or watched or something like that.
1: Yeah. I think it's very hard to hide this sort of stuff. Like these aren't, this is not the the Benapau stadium or, you know, this is, this isn't the 90,000 people (laughs) stand where you can hide in the somewhere and or in some executive box, you know, he's, he's standing right there with (laughs) in front of the cameras doing it. So it's, it's, you can't really hide this. He's on the phone the entire time. He maybe could have said he was talking to his wife or something for ninety minutes, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's. I think he was doing it in all the games that he's been suspended. So it's. I think Valer maybe they're not. They they weren't too happy about it. I, th- I think it's fine to complain about it. It's against the rules technically. I think there's some sort of statement that it is technically you're not supposed to be in contact like this. So the FA is is going to look into it. I think I think it was the last I read yeah. about it. So. The, the famous disciplinary committee that we talk about, talked about <laughs> earlier this season. So they'll look into it and I'm sure there'll be some consequences.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think it's going to be the consequence that maybe, maybe Valor or their fans are hoping for. Like, I think I saw a lot of like vitriol on Twitter, like Valor fans being like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll, you know, we can get the three points back or whatever. No, no, no. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Like, like if anything, it's, he's going to get a longer touchline ban. And there's probably going to be a fine to the club. Like I'm pretty sure that's what's outlined in like the the KSI bylaws. Like, um, so, like, it's pretty sure if you're a Valor fan, you could just give up any thought of like getting some <laughs> sort of points back. Like that's that's a bit much, I think. <laughs> so yeah,
1: for sure. No, it's it's yeah. Like you said, it's financial or more suspensions for Arnaud.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh Ridiculous. All right, well, that's uh, that's going to round it up for this section. Um, one more section. When we come back, we're going to name our three stars of the round, and we will wrap it up then. So back in a second. Okay, welcome back to the final section of this episode. Um, we are going to discuss, or maybe just mention, because I think we've discussed each of them plenty of detail so far this episode. But yeah, our three stars of the round. So um, I'll go ahead and start us off this week. So with him leaving to Norway, with him scoring a goal, with him being probably one of Vikingers' most consistent players this season, Logie Thomason is... One of our players of the round, so yeah, I think it's well deserved, and he's going to be missed in the league
1: for sure. Um, the second one uh, that we mentioned as well is August Elvalt Klinsson, a Brederblad, scored two goals, took his chance. You know, he's doesn't he's not doesn't get to start too many games because the, the rest is uh, the rest of the team is just doing so well. So uh, he took his chance very well, and he'll be hoping he can. He can get some more game time in the last in, in Europe as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. He he did not start for them today in their game against Struga, but um, but if I remember correctly, he did come on and he got some minutes today. So yeah, so props to him. Good, great job. Uh, our third player of the round, third and final player of the round, is going to be Anton Soyberg, the Danish striker at Haukau. So we've we've kind of already touched. Again, similar to, to I guess to, to to August, two goals this this last round. Poacher's goals, both of them. But he's he's really kind of come into quickly come into that Haukau side, and I think he's already started to make a, a good impact for them, and um, is turning out to be a good signing. So, yeah, he gets our he gets our f- final star of this of this round. So with that. We will wrap up this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. If you get a moment, please uh, leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on so we can find other and connect with other fans of Icelandic soccer, football. Sorry, Icelandic football. My bad. Uh, (laughs) It's the American way. Uh, And... uh, yeah, so please leave us a review and share us with your friends. We've got some really cool content that um, we we like to create up on our Instagram channel, and we put it on our Twitter as well, which you can find at Best of English. Um, and yeah, Trigvi, thanks for thanks for joining me for this episode. Thank you, and thank you, listeners. And yeah, we will uh, we'll see you next time.